Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Our American Stories, and we tell all kinds of stories here on the show. This next story is the story of Sean Pronger, and he was a journeyman NHL player who got his start on the hockey beat at a very young age, close to home. Here's Sean with his story. To talk about the Gretzky chapter, um, we're going to have to go back to where it all began. Dryden, Ontario, Canada. Um, I grew up in Dryden, a great town, love living there. Um, But if you don't like hockey and you don't like ice fishing, you probably aren't going to enjoy your time in Dryden because it is remote. It's four hours from the nearest city, uh, four hours from Winnipeg, four hours from Thunder Bay. uh, And it's winter there for about eight to nine months. And we're talking real winter when it's 30 to 40 below is the norm. And so there's not a lot to do if you don't enjoy those two activities. And fortunately for me, uh, my brother loved playing and all of our buddies loved playing. So we would play on our driveway. We would play on the street in front of our house. And we had an outdoor rink uh, a block away. And so we played hockey nonstop. But I think the real games were down in uh, our basement at 161 St. Charles Street. Um, Like every town in Canada or every city, um, Hockey Night in Canada was a big deal and uh, everything kind of just stopped. You know, all plans were made before or after Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday nights. And uh, our house, the Pronger house, was no different. We would 
my mom and dad would come down there. My brother and I would settle in and, and watch the game. And every uh, intermission or commercial break was time to play one-on-one <laughs> right, in, right in front of my parents with our floor hockey sticks. And I was always a forward. Chris was always a defenseman. And I look back now and, and, and just laugh because my, my parents just watched basically their two sons just beat the out of each other while her and my dad would just kind of sit back and <laughs> relax and enjoy the uh, entertainment. And so we would, uh, like I said, I was always forward. So then I would dump it into the fake, you know, into the living room corner. And uh, he would go back to get it. And I would ram his head into the drywall. And then we'd brawl and, that, you know, just repeat that over and over for, uh, I don't know, eight or nine years. <laughs> and so every game, every hockey night in Canada, we would do that. And I was always Gretzky and he was always bossy, even though bossy wasn't a defenseman. Uh, Chris's favorite player was Mike Bossy growing up and, and mine was uh, Wayne Gretzky. And with Dryden being where it is, we were four hours from Winnipeg a couple times a year. Uh, the Pronger family would load up the family truckster and head up to Winnipeg to watch the Jets play the Oilers in the, uh, the old, good old Smythe division. Obviously, loved watching 99 play and, uh, and how he could see everything and see the game was just uh, a real thrill. But one time we went up there and we, the hotel, I'm not sure if my dad knew this or we just got lucky, but the hotel that he booked us in was the same hotel the Oilers were staying in. And I'll never forget, we're in the lobby and we're, we're just kind of hanging out down there and we kind of look up and there's Kevin Lowe and Wayne Gretzky. And my brother, just like, like their old buddies, as we're walking past, he's like, hey, Kev. <laughs> to Kevin Lowe, uh, I, find that, I find that hilarious now that uh, you know Kevin Lowe would then go on to uh, sign my brother to a massive contract, and then he would ask to be traded a year later. <laughs> Their history started early. Um, so then, then so we're in the hotel, and we're kind of just like trying to figure out a way to go see more players, and I'm trying to figure out how to way to see Gretzky. They're in the Gretzky's in the dining room or the uh, restaurant. And uh, my brother and I were kind of peering around the corner, like checking him out. He was, I think he was having breakfast with Glenn Sather. So I'm watching him thinking, well, I don't want to bother him when he's eating. I just, this seems weird. And about that time, a guy came up behind me and he had a jersey. He said, hey, kid, can you go get this autograph for my son? And I thought, well, this is kind of weird, but, you know, I never, you know, I've kind of taught, like, you know, you don't say no to adults. So I walk over, interrupt his breakfast and said, Mr. Gretzky, would you mind signing this? I could tell he was reluctant just because he's in a you know, restaurant and I, you know, years later I'd figure out why he didn't want everybody else to think they need to come up and get an autograph. But anyway, he signed it, he was a gentleman, he was great. I gave it to the guy and it dawned on me years later that that guy probably wasn't getting it signed for his son. He was probably hawking it at a memorabilia shop, uh, but lesson learned. So anyway, my, you know, passion for oiler hockey and my uh the fact that Wayne Gretzky was my idol started at a, at a very young age and then if you fast forward years later I'm now in, you know in my own career in the NHL um actually the way the year started I was playing for the Penguins uh, at the end I got traded at the end of 98 but the play is set up in the slot where Pronger gets himself in a great position uh from the Anaheim Ducks or Mighty Ducks back then Sean Pronger's a good kid and I finished the season with the Pittsburgh Penguins rather unceremoniously. And then before a game against the Washington Capitals, Kevin Constantine calls me in. And so I get there. He's like, Sean, we're trading you to New York. And for some reason, I thought it was the Islanders. He's like, I'm like, okay. And he's like, yeah, so you're going to the Rangers. And I'm like, the Rangers? 
And he looked, I remember him looking at me like, why do you look so happy? And I just thought like the Rangers, this is like Gretzky's on this team, Adam Graves, Kevin Stevens, Brian Leach, John McClain, Mike Richter, Jeff Bukaboom, Ulf Samuelson, all these guys I grew up watching, right? I mean, obviously my idol, and then all these other guys that I grew up watching, I'm like, this is gonna be awesome. This is a rebirth for me. So I get traded, you know, get traded. It was a block, it was actually a blockbuster trade. It was uh, Alexei Kovalev, um, Harry York, and $15 million. So the way I kind of matched up the trade was uh, Alexei Kovalev for Peter Nedved, Harry York for Chris Tamer, and $15 million for Sean Pronger. It's just the way I kind of broke the trade down internally. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was a big trade. So we meet the team in Buffalo, and <laughs> I, 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 mean, I don't know what I was expecting, but I get to the rink, and Craig McTavish is the assistant coach, and he's like, hey, Prongs, welcome to New York. Uh, you're not playing tonight. And I'm like, here we go again. <laughs> um, so anyway, I scratched my first game for the Rangers, which was a sign of things to come. Um, but what was really, I was thrilled to go to New York. My childhood best friend from Dryden, Ontario, Chris Hancock, had been living there for a few years. And so it was like, all right, well, we got to keep, make sure, you know, you two small town boys from Canada uh, in the big city, things could get out of hand. So we had to draw some boundaries and, and make sure, okay, you got a job, you got a career you got to worry about, I got a career I got to worry about, let's, you know, make sure we pick our spots. So we tried to keep our distance and I wasn't playing, so I'd maybe get in the lineup for, you know, a couple shifts here and there, and then I'd be a healthy scratch for three games, get back in for a couple shifts, healthy scratch for a few games. And so I talked to the, uh, our strength and conditioning coach. I said, I want you to drop a program that's going to keep me ready to play. As soon as I get my opportunity, I'm gonna, I want to be ready to go, and I'm going to take it. And then it never came. And so it was just getting to the point where something's got to give, and I was just kind of getting so frustrated. I think it was a game in uh, Washington, actually, where <laughs> I, I finally think I got my opportunity to, to, to do something. It was, uh, I think we're in the second period. I'm in the lineup, which is great, and we're killing a five-on-three. And he let, and Muckler, who's a coach, left me out there. And I'm like, okay, this is my chance. And I don't know why I thought that was my chance to go show them what I could do offensively, because we're killing a penalty five-on-three. I don't know what... I thought, but whatever, I was going to make my mark. And uh, anyway, so I, I got the puck, and I'm ready. Uh, and I, they kind of they fan on the puck, and they gave it to me, and I'm kind of going at full speed. And there's two guys that I to beat, and the right place is dumping in, and then you know change, and hey, you've done your job. But I think you know what, I can beat, I can beat these guys. So I might, what I was going to do is like split the D, go in, score, and then you know right off into sunset. Not the case. So I go to split the D, poke check. I keep going, they pass it up, ding, 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 three on two, actually a four on two, pucks in the back of our net. I'm on the bench, never to come off the bench. And now I'm sitting out I must, for probably the next three or four or five games. And when we come back, more with this journeyman hockey player's story here on Our American Stories. <laughs> I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. And we're back with Our American Stories and the story of Sean Pronger. In his own words, let's return to the rest of this great sports story. So now I'm skating in practice, getting crushed, and I go in to talk to Muckler. Actually, first of all, I asked Craig McTavish, I'm like, Mac T, what should I do? You know, like, I, I want to play. I, I want to know what I need to do to, to, stay in the, to get in the lineup and stay in the lineup. He's like, Pronger, let's go talk to him. So I'm like, all right, all right, I'll go talk to him. So I go in there, and John Muckler, I mean, I grew up watching this guy as part of the Euler dynasty. Pretty intimidating dude. He's got that s- s- massive head of silver, silvery white hair. He's got his feet up on the thing. I mean, if, if he had a scotch, it wouldn't be out of place if he had a scotch and a cigar, uh, the way he was sitting there. And I'm like, hey, Coach Mux, uh, you got a second? He's like, yeah, come on in. I'm like, hey, Coach, I just want to let you know, I love, love New York, love playing for the Rangers. I want to play more. What do I need to do? to stay in the lineup, or get in the lineup and stay in the lineup. And he goes off on a rant for about 15 minutes about how good the Edmonton Oilers were in the 80s at playing a give-and-go game, and how players today, in the you know mid to late 90s, could not play that style of game, and it was very frustrating to him. So he went off for about 15 minutes on that, and I remember walking out, and Matt T was walking by, I was just coming out, he's like, so, how'd it go? I'm like, honestly, I have no idea how it went, but, 
he's a big fan of the way you guys played in the uh, 80s. And so I kind of went back to my locker, and I'm just like, something's got to give. So I, t- I called my buddy, Herbie Hancock. Hello. Herbie, tonight's tonight. We're going out. And so, all right, we're, we're going out, and we just, so we go to whatever local pub, which there is, more, you know, seven on every block. And so we pick one, go there, and, you know, we're having a great time. And New York's awesome. Having a great time. Near a couple different spots we hit. And I remember walking into a bar. It was, I think, 1.30. And I was very concerned when, when uh, the after-hours bars uh, were, what time they open or what time, you know, when's that going to go down. Because uh, I wasn't ready to call it a night. It was 1.30, which is, you know, obviously the last call is getting close, or so I thought. And I remember walking over to the bartender, and I'm like, excuse me, ma'am, what time's, uh, what time do the after-hours bars open around here? And she goes, you mean after we close at 4.30? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, this will be good. So, of course, we stayed there at 4.30, shut that bar down. Luckily, it was only about a 20-minute walk back to my place. And then, you know, I got there at like 5, and had to get up at 7 to drive to practice. And which is not a big deal because that particular the day before I was actually practicing as the eighth defenseman, and so I wasn't too worried about how I felt when I got to practice. So I get up, obviously not feeling the best, but I'm like, all right, just deal with it. And so get to practice, get grab my usual breakfast of champions, coffee with a double chocolate chip muffin, and I'm sitting there with kind of chocolate smeared all over my face. Just taking it all in in the, in the locker room, and I'm like looking around, and something's kind of, something's a little off. I'm like, it's kind of like when your your wife, girlfriend, mother would re- rearrange the furniture, and I'm looking around. I'm like, do we got a new player? What is what is going on here? And so it was just the color scheme was out of whack, and so I'm looking. I'm like, no, all the name bars are the same, name tags. And I look over, and I'm like, in my stall, which is normally the yellow jersey, because I'm either on the fifth line or I'm on the fourth set of defensemen. Um, it was a red jersey. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Because um, uh, the red jersey is Gretzky's Lions jersey. And I'm like, well, obviously this is a mistake. So I grab the jersey. And I go to, uh, I go to Mike Fogelin, who's the equipment guy. And I'm like, Fogs, you gave me the wrong color jersey. And I kind of throw the jersey at him. And, he's, and he grabs it and he throws it back. He goes, no, I didn't. And I'm like, what? Oh, yeah, you did. Dude, I'm yellow. I mean, we all know that. I think all the fans know that. And uh, he's like, yeah, not today, bud. Um, Kevin Stevens has the flu, so you're practicing with Gravy and Gretzky. And I'm just like, are you f- kidding me? And he's laughing at me because you can see the glazed over look in my eyes. So now my heart is in my throat, and I'm like, this is not good. This, like, I grew up idolizing Wayne Gretzky, and now I have the opportunity to practice with him. And I'm, I couldn't be more hungover. I'm probably still drunk. And now I'm thinking, what have I done to my... This, like, this is like a career-defining moment. Right, right when you're about to break through, maybe you do something stupid, go get drunk with your buddy, and now you're playing, now you're practicing with the greatest, well, with the greatest player that's ever played. So this is all going through my head as I'm trying to figure out how do I manage this whole situation as far as like, okay, I need to get your, your head wrapped around this, get your body ready, you just gotta get through this one practice. So I go into the shower, crank it on freezing cold, sit in there for like 10 minutes and figure out like, should I tell Gretzky I'm hungover? First of all, does he even know who I am? Second of all, do I tell him I'm hungover or do I just play it off like, okay, I'm just, that's how I always am? So I'm thinking, you know what? He's a dude. He's gonna understand. Just man up and just tell him what's going on. So I walk over to him, like, hey, Wayne, uh, I'm practicing with you today. He's like, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, yeah, I just wanna let you know um, I had a buddy in town. Things may have um, gone on a little bit later than I would have liked and, you know, just a slightly hungover. So 
if you don't mind, would, could you just keep the puck away from me and maybe you know, just throw it over to Graves and I'll just kind of bang in rebounds and I'll do all the grunt work and you know, we'll, you know, I'll survive this practice and hopefully not get cut. And he's like, Prongs, don't worry about it. I've been there myself. And I'm like, yes, he knows my name. All right, he's on board. The greatest player in the game is on board. And all of a sudden, things started to lighten up for me. I just felt like, okay, we're going to get through this. Kretz is on board. I'm going to get out there. We're gonna, he's going to snap the puck around. I'll probably bang in a couple rebounds, maybe leave a good taste in the coach's mouth and be like, you know what? The Pronger kid looked pretty good today. And so now I'm thinking this is going to be my chance. So we get out for practice. And I'm, I'm skipping around the warm-up like I'm a 15-year All-Star. I'm like, just like the arrogance that I had as a fifth liner practicing with Gretzky was not, it's just embarrassing, but I'm, I'm just going with it. And so I'm just enjoying every moment. And I'm just like thinking, what if? Like, what if? There's, there's that ch- small chance. You know, I remember reading an article that Gretzky once said that you've put, if you put a bunch of hockey players out on a pond, they're eventually going to find the players that they pair up with naturally. Just the way they... Each see the way they pass, the way they see each other's blades, and they'll just find each other, like him and Yari Curry did. And I, I kept thinking about that article, and I was like, what if? I mean, I, I gave it about a 1% chance that that could happen, but I'm like, what if? What if we're out here? Because the Rangers at that time, we were kind of struggling. And so it wouldn't be out of, like, it would be completely plausible that if there was an ounce of chemistry, that they might give us at least a game. And so I thought, okay, what if? What if Gretzky and I had this natural, undeniable chemistry and we get to play the next game and let's say we win, maybe we do something good and we get the next game and the next game. And so this is all going through my head in warm-up of a f***ing practice. And so I'm like, all right, here we go. And so first, finally, Muckler blows a whistle. All right, we're going to warm up. We're doing three-on-twos, like straight down, like kind of three, three-quarter ice, three-on-twos. I kept forgetting, like, I'm the first line, so I better get my together and get, be ready to go. So I'm like, all right, let's do, do this. And so I'm expecting Gretzky, hey, we had a deal. He's going to backhand this saucer pass over to Gravy. He'll either shoot it or shoot it, probably, as uh, Adam Graves can. And so I'm not really even looking. Anyway, I, at the corner of my eye, I just see this, like, fluttering puck come flying over to me. I'm like, holy shit, he's passing it to me already? And it, you know, it was, a, it was like a, a wounded duck, and it hits the back. I'm playing on my off wing because I'm left-handed shot, playing the right right side. It goes off my backhand and literally over the glass. And the whistle goes. He's like, "All right, go again." So we do it again. He does the same thing. I don't think this one did not go over out of play, but whatever. I fumbled it around. Anyway, that was just the sign of things to come. And every single pass Gretzky made was to me. Every one of them, and I barely survived that practice and I skated over to him after I'm like Gretz I'm so sorry I didn't yeah I don't, I don't know what to tell you he's like Prongs don't worry about it I've been there myself and he gave me a wink and I'm like that he was playing me the whole time and I think that was actually better than if he wasn't because it made me feel like I was part of the team like he like he, I was close enough in the group that he could with me like that or he just didn't give a shit about me and just, just did it anyway. But it was, uh, yeah, that's the Gretzky story. And uh, I, still, I still think we would have had some great chemistry. But uh, I guess the world will never know. And some great storytelling by Sean Pronger. And thanks, as always, to Greg Hengler for getting us this great story. And sometimes big stories in life, well, 
they're just brushes with greatness and how greatness handles things. I mean, that Gretzky handled Pronger this way, teased him, meant, hey, you're one of the guys. It happens. Come on, let's get through this. Great storytelling and Sean Pronger's stories are chronicled in his memoir, Journeyman, the many triumphs and even more numerous defeats of a guy who's seen just about everything in the game of hockey. By the way, Pronger now lives with his wife and two children in Orange County, California. By the way, send your stories in like this. We've all, at some time or another, maybe came up or brushed up against some people like this in our lives. And it's very counterintuitive to hear a star treat somebody who comes in drunk to practice like this uh, in, a, in, a, in a gentle way, in a, in a fun way. So send your stories, as always, to OurAmericanStories.com. Sean Pronger's story, I was Gretzky's hungover line mate, here on Our American Stories. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.